Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Here's a great example. If you think occasionally, well, I'm not the best parent ever. I, I'm lacking. I'm, I'm not... I'm not keeping up with all the other parents I see on social media being the best parents ever. Well, at least you're not this parent. A uh, woman was working at a gas station when she saw a six-year-old boy walk inside the store holding a Smirnoff ice. (laughs) And he walked around the place taking sips and picking out snacks. The kid even offered his drink to some customers. The worker approached the boy and asked him if he knew what he was drinking. And he said, yep, this is my mom, my mom and I's favorite drink. Oh, boy. We drink it all the time. <laughs> so then the employee at the gas station called 911. She decided to keep the kid preoccupied until police got there. So she told him to pick out anything he wanted in the store and she'd buy it for him. The police arrived, questioned the boy and the woman he was with, and she claimed it was an accident. Then she took the boy and drove off. But the cops paid her a visit at her house later, and they saw the boy outside on a scooter drinking another Smirnoff Ice. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, if you're ever out with us and you order a Smirnoff Ice, you look like a six-year-old at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They arrested the woman for child endangerment. Wow. Yeah. You know what? We we were talking about this on the golf course the other day, actually, that, that... You'll find now that a lot of times you know, people aren't going to beer, especially on the golf course. Like mm. these other drinks, the vodka sodas, the you know, seltzers, gin mixes, uh, the, all of these other drinks are now like the the, the go to mm-hmm. for something. You know, when you, it's really hot out, you want something cool and refreshing. Mm. Beer isn't necessarily the go to first call for people yeah you know, well, there was a time like you know where there was just no options you had it was like just beer or water seagrams and durango you know and i think there was twist shandy if you didn't want to have beer right and right. then you know and then the like the likes of smeared off ice and mike's hard lemonade started to to appear and yeah going to the liquor store now the all of the coolers and the, the different yeah. can it's it's just a massive part of the market now and you, and you get, you know, you can buy a two four of, of, uh, land shark this and that or the, uh, uh the white claws or the. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's huge. I'm still a, I'm still a beer guy on the golf course or a Caesar. Okay. I love a, uh, especially in the fall, especially when you're playing, uh, golf in the fall. Uh-huh. A couple of Caesars are always very tasty. They feel like they're warming you up. <laughs> even if they're not. <laughs> Yeah, I do enjoy. Did you have a sip or two yesterday on the course? I had a, I had a beer or two. Yeah. yeah, good for you. It helps with the swing. It's uh, it's all right. A little little swing lube. It's all right. Well, and it's funny with golf and drinking because there are those who say no, I I just can't. It throws my game off completely. Or there's uh, people like me who it seems to help. I I I believe. <laughs> I believe that my game gets better right. when I've had a, a few. <laughs> Certainly for many of us, it does loosen you up. Right. You know, it helps you swing through a little stronger or you're a little more fluid. Well, or, or maybe you just care less about the result of that swing yeah. afterwards, too. Yeah. You just, realize, all right, I'm out here for fun. Well, yeah, but it, it, it if you're not a great golfer, um, or even if you're an average golfer, 
there is such intimidation in standing in that tee box when other people are standing around, especially, and it all depends on who you're uh, golfing with. If you're golfing with people who really don't care and they're just there for the fun, then that that's fine. But when you're out there with alpha males, right? you know, when you're out there golfing with guys, like, look, honestly, for me, like golfing with you or even Doug Elliott or others who can hit the ball pretty far, you know, it gets annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and although nobody is out and out, you know, insulting, uh, it's just, you just know. Right. You just feel it. You know, I didn't tell you about this, but when I played, I played as a member guest at the Oshawa Golf Club, which you would think, you know, sound, sounds a bit like a stuffy event at first, but it's, mm. it's not. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And there's a lot of uh, stuff going on in terms of, like, the competition side of it. But there was some side bets happening between teams as well. Which uh, I think you would have liked it to take part in, Craig, mm. because or you would have at least enjoyed one of the rules that this guy, you know, we call him Dicky uh, mm-hmm. for fun, but uh, but his rule was that if you wanted to take part in the side bet with him, when, you know, with this cash game going on, mm-hmm. uh, he brought a breathalyzer along. You had to blow over. A certain amount oh. <laughs> in order to be involved. Well, well I guess it's like, you I'm know, in that round, everyone's having a couple of beers on the course. You can't have the one straight laced guy who's yeah. out there being full competition. Now we're having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'd fully aboard. I'd do that. I'd win that round. But yeah, no, it's, I remember going to some event early on when I just started playing the game, like in the nineties. And it was like this big media day. And you know, there's certain moments in your life you just never forget. And and for whatever reason, it was just this little moment in time. But I remember us all getting in the carts, going to the first tee box. I really had no idea what I was doing. I think somebody lent me uh, a set of clubs because I didn't even own any. And there must have been like 12 carts lined up at this first tee box. Oh, everybody waiting. around you. Oh, <laughs> oh, it was just the worst. Most golfers fear that. Yeah. More than anything. Oh, sure. It's, it's like, you know, public speaking, right? Many right. people don't want the uh, attention on them. And, uh, and I often think about that too, even watching like baseball. You know, when, when my, uh, when my youngest was, uh, playing and he would be pitching. Just the idea of standing on that mound, you know, and everybody watching yeah. you. And, and, and you look at Major League Baseball when there's 40, 50,000 people in the stands. Right. That's, that's pressure. There's a, there's a great viral video of a college game, uh, baseball game. And, um, and what they do, the crowd does is like, when the pitcher, if you start out with ball one, mm. they'll start screaming ball two, ball three, <laughs> wow. ball four, even before he pitches, and they'll keep going. Right? And there's this one kid who's like, you know, I think they got to like ball eight or ball nine in a row. Like he oh, basically no. walked two guys on base because of the pressure of the entire crowd yeah. screaming this at. It is way too much. On social media, you can never win. You can never catch a break. No matter what you say or do, somebody is going to get mad at you about something. It's kind of anti-social media. It really is. In so many ways. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) Because even the people who are sharing a lot, we curse them (laughs) silently saying, ah, shut up. Outside of announcing the death of a family member. Right. I mean. Or the birth of one, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Outside of that, that's safe territory. Everybody's going to. You know, be happy for you for the birth or sad for you for the death. But outside of that, who knows uh, what kind of reaction you're going to get when you post anything. A uh, CEO is catching heat for posting a crying selfie 
after having to lay people off. This guy is the CEO of a company called HyperSocial that helps companies market themselves on LinkedIn. And now because of a bad decision, a bad business decision he made back in February and stuck with whatever that decision was for too long, it caused uh, his company to have to lay off a bunch of people. And he felt terrible about it because, you know, blood was on his hands. Right. So he just, in his post, talked about how cold-hearted he felt and, and, and terrible that these people had to go and uh, and how painstaking that was. So now people are mocking him for sharing this thought and post and and showing a, a selfie of himself with was some tear-stained cheeks. What was the background? Was he crying on a beach in Bali, <laughs> on a yacht somewhere? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, I you know the guy's just being really honest, and I I would never mock him for that. It's it's a little much to maybe post the photo of yourself crying to 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 put a post up to say, look, you know, sometimes being the boss is not easy, and today I had to let a lot of people go, and right. I I feel terrible about it. Well, what, you know, of course that's. That's fine to do, um, but, uh, you know, you just can't win. So people say it's cringy and it's weird and he shouldn't have done it. I don't know. I, I do know that I would never want to be the boss. I would never want to be in the position to have to let anybody go. Right. I, I couldn't imagine. Even the, like, think about, um, and I've been through this a couple of times with different places I've worked where there's been a, a mass cleaning. They cleared the house. They they get rid of uh, 30, 40 employees all in one day. And I could just, I, I, I can imagine, but I wouldn't want to, thinking of the night before, you know, mm. because as the boss, you've had those meetings. It's been decided yeah. who's going. The paperwork has all been written up. Well, now you have to sleep that night knowing full well the next morning you have to go in and start letting people go. And you have to do it as well for many of them. Uh, kind of under duress. It's like he, mm-hmm. either you do this or you're one of them going. Mm-hmm. That's right. Now, and and there's two different things. One, when there's, and if you've ever worked anywhere where you've seen a bunch of people all fired in one day, that's the worst because for a lot of them, they never saw it coming. Right. And you're just let go because of financial reasons. It's nothing that you've done wrong. It's just they can't afford you anymore. Yeah. Um, but I, I have spoken with management and bosses I've had in the past who say, well, when you do have to fire somebody, usually it's a relief for that person and you. Mm. And they, they've seen it coming for right. some time. You know, if you've ever been in the position where you're like the uh, silent quitting, was that? Yeah. yeah we talked quiet, about it recently. Quiet quitting. Yeah. Yeah. Right, where but, they've, been, they've given up long since, yeah. and they're kind of waiting for you to, to do this. Yeah, because they, they they want the severance, right? Right, They're not going to quit on their own. They, they've they been around long enough that they know they're going to get some sort of package. So they just hang in there, and uh, eh, guilty. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's... Uh, so I guess when you're letting one person go for, you know, they've probably had a bunch of write-ups and they've been called in and they've been sat down and they've been told, hey, you know, pick it up or yeah. do this or fix. So kind or you're of tired that, of that person as the boss. Too. Like, yeah. you're, you're, you're done with yep. them. Time to move on. Yeah. But it's that moment when you go in 
Like I, <laughs> I remember literally the day that uh, the lovely Maria and I put an offer in on our first house was the day she dropped me off at work because we were sharing a car and I was working in the afternoon. And we're so excited. We've put an offer in on a house. Oh, my God, isn't our life beautiful? We're getting married. We've bought a house. This is excellent. I go into work, and it is like cleaning house day. <laughs> There's a new GM, and everybody, The literally, the receptionist had been fired. So a guy was sitting at the front desk who I work with, again, in tears, as he just led everybody to the slaughter. Wow. And I remember him saying to me, oh, just go sit in the announcer lounge. And it was like four of us sitting in there just waiting to see. And it was dead silent. The whole building was quiet. And I finally just got up the courage to go and knock on this guy's door and say, uh, hello, Mr. D- Vince DiMaggio was his name. He's passed away, so I can I can mention his name. <laughs> he was known as the Black Knight. And basically, in this company I worked for, he was just sent around to different radio stations to clean house. Really? I think he enjoyed it. Wow. Anyhow, I, I go knock on his door and I say, hello, Mr. DiMaggio. I'm not all of 21 years old. I'm 120 pounds. Hello, Mr. DiMaggio. Um, I just bought a house today. I have to find out if I need to cancel that deal. <laughs> he kind of looks down a long list of people and he goes, no, you're safe. And I was only safe because I was making no money. Right. I was cheap labor. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's never, never fun to be in that position. But, uh, we've also all been probably in the position of, uh, good. I got the severance package. I'm out of here. <laughs> Maybe not all of us. I, I've certainly been there. Are you heading back to the office at some point? Do you think that's going to be happening uh, by this fall? Well, if you are, and certainly after what we've been through, you will be probably aware of making sure your workspace, your phone, your computer, and the things you touch every day, they probably deserve a a wipe down every now and then. Uh, And uh, some research was done into the uh, germiest hot spots. In an office. Oh, boy. And the entrance was number one. The yeah. elevator buttons going okay. up and down. And I, you know, it's funny with elevator buttons. As much as I, listen, I I am as dirty a human being as the next person. And I don't often do all the things I should be doing to uh, keep everything the cleanest. But I've always been one with the elevator for some reason to touch it with my knuckle. Yeah, I do that as well. <laughs> I don't know the difference between your knuckle and the front of your finger. Right. You would think if well, a germ I'm, gets on your knuckle, it's just as bad as getting on your finger. No, I think you have less, you know, contact with your knuckles. Mm. You figure, unless you're punching other people <laughs> at work on a constant basis, which can happen. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, you know, and you, know, you use your fingertip to eat and touch foods and things Pick that go in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. All, all of the things in an office that everybody touches is the germiest. The communal kitchen, the coffee machine handles and buttons, the refrigerator door, the kitchen sink handles, vending machines. In your workspace, the keyboards and mice, telephones, shared printers, the TV remote in a conference room at the office. And here is something that I've always known. In the bathroom... At your work, the germiest hot spot is the door handles. Right, yes. You can lick the toilet bowl if you want, <laughs> but you're going to get sick 
off that door handle. And it's so funny because what do we do? We go, we use the, the, the bathroom, we, we go to the, the, the urinal, the, the toilet, and then we go and we wash our hands and then we wrap our clean hands around that door handle. Right. Well, you know, and, and it's people who aren't washing their hands that are probably mm-hmm. the ones making that dirty. I've, I've often wondered why they don't put the garbage outside the uh, the bathroom. Right, so you can right? use. So that at least, you know, you take your paper towel, mm-hmm. you open the, pull the handle with that. Yeah. And there are many now, uh, someplace recently where they have like a foot pull for the door. Like there's a oh, little, that's little, good. You know, so instead of pulling with your hand, you can actually just use your foot and kick the thing open. One of the things I noticed uh, when we went to Italy, which I had never seen here and I think is terrific, is a lot of the uh, public bathrooms in restaurants and in hotels, the flush for the toilet was on the floor. It was a foot pad oh. that you pushed. Perfect, right. right? So you don't even have to well, touch mo- the handle on the toilet. Many places now, you're, you're not really using the handle. You're using the automatic yeah. uh, sensors. What I, it, Interesting, like on the recent road trip, uh, you know, going through all the en routes and, and mm-hmm. here in Quebec, still going a lot with those like Dyson air blowers. Which isn't good. Which, one, is blowing everything around, yeah. right? Yeah. If you look, especially like the new ones where, you know, it's that new wave kind of, uh, you just separate your hands and throw and, and push them under, mm-hmm. right? Like you look at the ground below that thing and it's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> you're so right. It's like a spit pile. Yeah, you're and, right. And so, and you're never, your hands are never dry at the end of that oh, no. either. You end up wiping them on your pants. Yeah, you're coming out wet. It's like, <laughs> what, can we just go back? Now, I don't want to go back to that never-ending roll gross. of, uh, the, of white, the white towel. towel. Yeah. That was, you know, it basically looked like someone's underwear <laughs> was being <laughs> continuously rolled around. Yeah. That doesn't need to come back. But no. maybe just a paper towel. And I understand that, you know, with waste and, and mm-hmm. recycling issues, people want don't want all that towel being used or, or paper towel, but my goodness, mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh, I, I, we got to find a better solution. I find I constantly I constantly struggle in any public bathroom with anything that has to be remotely like your hands go under and it turns it on. All right, I'm always the guy at the sink who can't get it running. Yeah. <laughs> You know, with the auto flush, I'm always the guy that has to press the little red button right. because for whatever reason I get up and down and it doesn't seem to understand well, that I was Maybe we just... got to go back to the sinks that had the foot pedal. Remember in, in schools they yes, always had that. That's right. That was a good one. The circular thing you go step you know, on. I'm always standing All there. All guys will be peeing in it again and then <laughs> went back to square one. Well, at least we don't... The one thing we don't want to go back to is Maple Leaf Gardens. That trough. With the trough. No, no, thank you. Standing around like prisoners. <laughs> All peeing at one another. What was the last time you found yourself actually up and moving and awake after midnight? After midnight? Yeah. When was the last time you stayed awake? Wow. Till after midnight. It's been a while for many of us. Uh-huh. And that's actually a good thing because there's scientific evidence that says your brains are not meant to be awake after midnight. Uh, we have internal biological clocks and uh once midnight hits it wants to sleep and uh if you stay up overnight it can really uh, over a long period of time cause you some troubles i find 
I find it interesting nowadays where, you know, as I'm aging <laughs> and starting to admit that I am, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, the body is the first sign that, that you're aging, mm. right? You know, aches and pains where you didn't have those before. Yep. Um, and, and I find, you know, I, for the most part, I don't feel my age. I feel like I'm younger mm-hmm. than I am. Um, Maybe because I still basically hold on a part-time job, um, <laughs> but but where I really feel old is when I look, think back, you know, I look at the time and it's like nine, ten o'clock at night, mm. and there was a time when that when was when my night was starting. Well, you're just leaving the house. <laughs> like I was just leaving to go out. Then yeah. I look at that now, and it, you know, if there's something planned after eight o'clock in the evening, mm. I'm like, I I don't think I want to do that. There, there was a time I remember uh, where on a Saturday, you would watch the Leaf game. And then you'd go out. Right. Now I'm fighting to stay awake <laughs> during the third period. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It uh, is part of the reason is. I hate hosting and I don't host anything is because like I want to kick people out <laughs> at about seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's um now this this research being done by uh doctors at Stanford say and and this is actually I heard this years ago one of the reasons and this all got to do with your uh your body clock one of the reasons why we wake up in the morning with bad breath is because when you're sleeping overnight your body is releasing all those toxins okay so you're you're it, it literally is like a, a filtering system and your body goes through different uh cycles all day long and uh so if you happen to be up a lot uh, late if you're a night owl uh, it's, it's really not that good for you. Now, the problem is, of course, there's a lot of people who work overnight. So they work in different shifts. And I, I remember a friend of mine who worked in a warehouse, and I'm sure many of you have done this or are doing it now. And it's really tough on your body. It really takes its toll. Is those people who work like nights and then they get a few days off and then they work days and then they work nights. Mm. Your, your body clock is just constantly screwed up because you're never sleeping at the same time and you're up when you're supposed to be asleep and you're sleeping when you're supposed to be up and so it's it's uh it's very tough um so if you can oh, i do lo- I, on the weekends i'm as much as i never make it till midnight the just the idea of staying up as late <laughs> as you want the idea seems exciting right to me. But I've usually had a bunch of wine and I'm out cold on the couch by 9, 9.30 anyhow. Baby elephants, baby elephants suck their trunks for comfort the same way human babies suck their thumbs. Wow. You know, I recently fell down a bit of a uh, YouTube hole watching <laughs> elephants uh, saving their babies. Oh, okay. I thought it was about sucking trunks. <laughs> uh, that's on you porn. That's a category. I've seen it. Right. You know how pathetic my life is now? I'm at the point with you porn where I've seen everything. <laughs> You're out of options. I've, I've, you've reached the end. I've had to call them. <laughs> what happens there? Is there like a blank screen? So you've seen it all, Craig. Are you? No, they just post, are you kidding? Question mark. <laughs> hey, answer me this then yeah. when it comes to your, uh, your you porn watching. Yeah. Because I know when you watch Netflix, mm. 
you and your OCD mm. require you to watch the entire video, including the credits at the end, mm. to clear the history <laughs> that you've watched it all. So when you're watching, you know, a 10 minute video, uh-huh. what do you do with the other nine and a half minutes? <laughs> I never get through it all. <laughs> I never. Do you have to play it later just to <laughs> let it play in the background? I just watch everything incognito. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we were talking recently about getting those uh, emails of the guy saying that he's oh, caught right. us. Yeah. And there was a moment where I thought, <laughs> damn. <laughs> the things they've seen. Maybe they really have me. <laughs> but anyhow, like I've said all along, you caught me vi- uh, masturbating. Uh, we all masturbate. Right. I'm not guilty of doing anything that terrible. Uh, we were talking about tattoos on the golf course yesterday because you know, one of the guys had a full like back tattoo. Wow. It was crazy. It was crazy. And I thought, well, you know, I was joking with Rob Havery. We get a front tattoo of an elephant with shrinkage. <laughs> <laughs> now, was this guy playing with his shirt off? How did you know no, he had a full we back were just tattoo? Talking about, another one had a tattoo, and we were just talking oh. about tattoos. And, and he like lifted up. It was like, holy cow, that's a lot of time in the chair. Boy, people get addicted. It, eh? you, you, it seems like there's a lot of people they get one tattoo and then they just can't stop. Right. Yeah. I got, like I got some buddies who are like, just like from neck right down, just uh-huh. coated in them. And a lot of people that you wouldn't know or expect, mm-hmm. right? You know, they might have long sleeves on, and you know, turns out like have full sleeves. Yeah. And, you know, some of it really cool and intricate and mm-hmm. good for them. It's a whole thing. Now speaking of baby things. Oh, anyway, back to the elephants. Okay. So, yeah, I, fe- I, I fell down this YouTube hole uh, watching these uh, elephants. Um, and I did this because Katie had told me when you were off, that, and I don't know how they figured this out, but elephants find humans amusing and cute. Oh. I don't know if they asked an elephant. <laughs> I don't know how they figured that out. But they are amazing, amazing creatures. Oh, yeah. And there's these uh, uh, one video, it's just heartbreaking, where a baby elephant had fallen down into some sort of, like a well of some sort. And the mother elephant was so distraught at her baby being stuck down in this hole that she ended up, like, causing herself so much panic, she passed out. Wow. And 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 then these vets or people who were, uh, who, who the hell they are, maybe it was in a, like, a zoo of some sort. So the caregivers came and they were basically trying to revive her. But they literally were standing on her, like, you know, when you're doing compression. Yeah, and somebody's, Yeah, to try to get her... Um, back to life, and then they they got the baby out, and they reunited. And then there was another video of these another baby elephant falling in some water and drowning, and these other two elephants come running in to to how, save it. How do you Google this? Baby elephants falling? Uh, I think just elephants. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> I saw the got. one. Uh, well, I think I saw the one video. Right. And I was telling Katie about it. I I, I think it just showed up on my. Um, on my YouTube uh, wall there, or whatever the news cycle, whatever it is. Yeah. And then from there, of course, he gives you all sorts of elephant options. Mm. And I saw some things. <laughs> <laughs> More trunk sucking. So as much as I I uh, love the sloth and and uh, and believe that's my uh, if uh, your spirit animal, the animal I, <laughs> as Three Days Grace said, the animal I've become. Uh, I do I do uh, I do love an elephant. Uh. Yeah, that's my new thing. And I'm starting to look like one. <laughs> starting to take the shape of one. Oh, with shrinkage. <laughs> Young babies, let's keep on the topic of babies. Young babies don't develop the reflex to breathe through their mouth until they're three or four months old. Really? 
How do they? I guess they just breathe through their nose. I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd imagine so. It's yeah. not through their eyes. No. <laughs> well, you can tell you're the son of a doctor. <laughs> you know some things. <laughs> Uh, in China, Spain, and Greece, people mix wine with Coke. Not cocaine, but Coca-Cola. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it seems like an odd combination. Yeah. But I guess for it, w- they want more carbonation? They want a cold? Yeah, maybe. I know that I uh Maybe I a have... sparkling wine? Maybe they, they, yeah, that's perhaps the... that's it. Yeah. I mean, I know that uh, when you're drinking homemade wine, as I have with the Outlaws, sometimes you got to cut it with some ginger ale. <laughs> it's a little thick sometimes. Can we not just go to the store and buy a bottle? <laughs> the grape skins are still yeah. coming into your teeth yeah. if you're trying to drink it. Um, there is apparently a reboot of the 1988 film Working Girl. Uh, if you remember, it was Melanie Griffith, I think, and Harrison Ford who starred in that, if, okay. if I'm correct. I know for sure Melanie Griffith was in it. Um, anyhow, NBC tried to reboot that show back in the early 90s. It only lasted 12 episodes, and then it got canceled. And the woman who replaced Melanie Griffith from the movie was a very unknown Sandra Bullock. Oh. Now, because the show bombed and it didn't uh, go anywhere... Um, there was a, uh, a review shortly before it got canceled where they called Sandra Bullock nondescript. She's about as memorable as your average bus ride. Oh, wow. Four years later, speed came out. Those are the words they used. There are more KSC locations in China than any other country. Okay, yeah. And, and it is interesting with KSC because in my little bit of travel on this planet, it seems to me everywhere I've gone, at some point, I spot a KFC. Right. More than any, like, say, McDonald's or any other kind of fast food chain. Yeah. KFC seems to be all over the world. Is it uh, is it still KFC in China? Like, I know they switched to KFC just because it it, it, it made it a little easier mm-hmm. for the language barrier. In, in Quebec, it's PFK. Right. Yeah. Right. They, they do the translation. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, it, it's a very successful restaurant chain. It's done and well. I think one of the reasons, too, is because, well, one, chicken is available everywhere. Right. And uh, they can source their chickens locally where they are, too, right? right? Whereas, right. you know, the Caribbean meat is not so easily accessible. McDonald's is one place. I think it was Barbados where it didn't survive. It's not like a closed-down McDonald's. Mm. It's so weird to see. I wonder uh, I wonder if through Dave Grohl's Storyteller book where he talks about eating the KFC and drinking it uh, and drinking champagne and what a great combination that has uh, that was and I still want to try that. I wonder if KFC sales went up at all because of <laughs> Dave Grohl and his storyteller book. Now on the topic of fast food and chicken, Popeye's uh, chicken isn't named after the cartoon character. It's named after Gene Hackman's character, Popeye Doyle, from the movie The French Connection. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, Walt Disney's last words were Kurt Russell. Tell me. (laughs) (laughs) He lost the ability to speak near his death, and so Hmm. he wrote the name Kurt Russell on a piece of paper. He was probably thinking of movie ideas since Russell had just signed a 10-year contract with Disney. Maybe that's what killed him. All right. George R. R. Martin. Why does he have two R's in there? Anyhow, um, he's made millions of dollars from writing Game of Thrones. Uh, he hasn't been really flashy with his money, but he did buy two houses on the same street in Santa Fe, New Mexico. One to live in 
and one to hold all his toys and collectibles. <laughs> that's when you know you That's get... not being flashy with your money? <laughs> that's the only thing I guess he's been flashy with. Holy cow. A house just holding toys and collectibles. Yeah. Well, toys could be cars and, yeah. you know, motorcycles, jet skis and boats. Who knows? Yeah, but have you it's seen... Basically a big garage. Have you seen the guy? He's a big, he's a big fella. He's an older man. Right. I don't know how many jet skis he's buying. Okay. <laughs> when you got lots of toys and collectibles, the other thing he's not got going on, he's not getting laid all that often. <laughs> Two houses with nothing happening. That's in. right. The little red-haired girl from uh, Charlie Brown. Well, you remember her? She was the unattainable crush Charlie always had. Well, it was based on a woman that Charles Schultz briefly dated. Briefly dated. But was uh, who ultimately married a different guy. Oh. So I guess he never could get over that heartbreak. Or Mrs. Schultz thought about that. Mm-hmm. Partly cloudy and mostly sunny mean the exact same thing in a weather report. Okay, yes. So does a mix of sun and clouds. That's right. And the first thing ever purchased online, a bag of weed. <laughs> Some students sold a tiny amount of marijuana to uh, other students using an early version of the Internet back in 1972. Wow. The Internet was around in 70, or some form of Very early, very early version. Yeah. It was likely probably like the tin can on a string, like the two computers were almost connected. Probably. Imagine watching you porn on that, (laughs) 72. Rock Mornings with With Craig Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.